Hi, and welcome to another episode of Casting Light, stories of recovery and hope from inside Guiding Light here in downtown Grand Rapids as we record every one of these episodes at Guiding Light. I'm Phil Tower. It's a pleasure and honor to bring you another episode of Casting Light. We remind you this episode and several previous episodes are made possible because of the generous sponsorship of Treadstone Funding. We want to acknowledge Treadstone Funding and give them a shout out and a thank you for making this very powerful, very impactful podcast series possible. On Casting Light, if you're new to this episode, maybe new to the series, we have several previous episodes, Stories of Recovery and Hope. We'd love for you to listen to them. These are stories directly from the men who live them here at Guiding Light, men who were living in darkness and then found light and literally a new life through the programs at Guiding Light, which don't cost a thing thanks to the generous donors, many of them perhaps you listening to this podcast, because the donations to Guiding Light give these men a safe and supportive space to continue their journey and realize their God-given potential. It's my pleasure to welcome in this episode Eric, a former Guiding Light Recovery client. Eric is now living at Iron House, the transitional living space uh, after those who leave the uh, recovery program here at Guiding Light. And Eric, welcome to the uh, podcast. It's great Thanks to have you Thanks for having here. me. So you know the drill on this. You've heard, you've heard some of these uh, stories. Um, it's always, for me, it's always very rewarding to hear everyone's story about how they eventually ended up at Guiding Light. And I know that's not always easy to do, but it's also who you are. It's a part of who you are, and... I think because of where you are today, something probably to be proud of and grateful for, and as I, I'm sure you are. So you are now living at Iron House, which we'll talk about a little bit, which is the transitional living housing uh, with other men from Guiding Light as you are getting life back together. And um, before that, obviously you were in recovery here at Guiding Light, but backing up before you came to Guiding Light, uh, are you from West Michigan originally? Uh, no, I'm actually from Indiana. Okay, so you were here in West Michigan, or yes. were you in... Okay. Well, I was in Indiana before I came here. I had a friend that knew about Guiding Light that uh, let me know about it. So you were an addict? Yes. Alcoholic. Alcoholic. And you've heard a common theme on this podcast. A lot of people thinking they can cure themselves or they got it managed. Was Eric like that? Um, absolutely. I always thought that my life was manageable, but I didn't realize that I was just managing the situations that my alcoholism caused. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You were kind of like your own ER for your life. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And how long ago was this before when you were using, when you were drinking, you were full-blown alcoholic before you ended up here at Guiding Light. It's 2022 now. When when was this? Um, it was probably around 2015 where I felt like I started to lose control of uh, uh, what I was doing with my life. Uh, I was giving away a lot of the things that I had earned and built up for myself. Uh, gave away a 17-year marriage. Um, started to become very isolated around 2015. Mm. Giving away a marriage is not easy. That's No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but did you still continue to drink after that? Absolutely. It just got worse and worse after that. What was the bottom point for you, Eric? Um, 
how many uh, there was a lot of them actually. <laughs> okay, um, top three. I, I think the bottom point two. of me is that I had uh, was living in a I was renting a room a, a, in a house and uh, I had spent the last two weeks in that room completely isolated um, and was pretty much blacked out the entire time. Um, I woke up from a blackout and noticed that there was fifteen to twenty bottles uh, laying on the floor in there. Um, when I woke up, I had texted my friend that knew about this place that let me know about it probably eight months beforehand and, uh, just texted him and I said, I got to do something or I'm going to die. And it, and it was really just at that point. And I wanted to die at that point. I, I didn't yeah. know what else to do. I've heard that from a lot of people. It's like, I, I know I need help, but at the same time, maybe it'd be easier just if I passed away. But isn't that something you... I would almost think, man, this guy told me about getting like eight months ago. Then I drink for another eight months. Yet there was that little bit of wisdom and God's grace in your mind. I said, okay, I got to reach out to him again. Oh, you, yeah. ever, you ever stop and ponder that? Oh, yeah. It was definitely God's grace because when I ended up reaching out to him, it was in the midst of a blackout. And I didn't remember reaching out to him, but before I knew it, I woke up and there was a text back in my phone that said, I'm coming to get you right now. <laughs> so, wow. uh, yeah, that was definitely God's hand in that for sure. That's a good friend, Eric. Yeah. That's a good friend. So he drove you to Guiding Light. Mm-hmm. I actually went to the hospital to detox first and was there for about five or six days. And then uh, he came and picked me up and we came straight here. And I told him too, I said, because... There was a, a moment there where we thought we were going to be a little too late, like we were supposed to be here at 5, and it was going to be around 6 or so. And I said, I have to go right now, because if I don't go now, I'll find an excuse not to go. Pretty wise of you to realize that. So when you go through the doors of Guiding Light, it isn't like, welcome, you're in, and <laughs> we, you know, put your arms around you. They, they put you through the paces a little bit. What was that like for you in the first couple of days? Uh, it gave me a, a, a lot of time to kind of ponder if this is what I wanted to do. You know, um, I was probably, I wasn't in the blue room as some people are. They took me right back to a, a room and I was there uh, by myself for a while. I didn't hang out with anybody, but it was a good time for me to ponder and to, to make certain in my heart that this is what I needed to do. And then... Uh, when I was accepted and started to get to know the guys and stuff, it felt like I, like these guys were my tribe a little yeah. bit. Like we had a lot of similar experiences, and I was just kind of overwhelmed by emotion because of how accepting people were of me. That is really amazing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Every one of these stories of recovery, which has a lot more hope than recovery. Recovery is a big part of it, but it, it includes that camaraderie of these men here who have all at some point woken up in that dark room, uh, metaphorically or, or just like you did, Definitely. and they had that point. And that's got to be so powerful. And i, I got to tell you, it is such an honor to hear these stories. But as you are going through that process early on and you were able to avoid the blue room, what was going through your mind? I mean, when you thought about this, because... I was just, I mean, what was going through my head it, it was just like, it, th it's time that I take this seriously. Yeah. It's time that I actually got honest with myself 
and recognize that I really do have a problem and I'm completely powerless over it. Um, So I was just so primed and ready to dive in head first to what it was going to take to to uh, have a life of recovery. Hmm. And that's so significant because there are a lot of addicts who never get there. It's just easier to go the other direction and you did it. And I'm so grateful. At what point when you woke up here during the recovery program at Guiding Light, did you understand this was clicking and it was going to be a lifelong change for you? Well, I grew up uh, with alcoholic parents and who are both sober now. Um, My mom just celebrated 30 years of sobriety and I just I knew I could have a life outside of being drunk all the time (laughs) you know outside of addiction I just felt like I didn't with the alcoholism I didn't know how to cope with feelings and memories and just Mm -hmm. certain things I kind of woke up and and was just like they were my parents were kind of an inspiration for me to get clean and sober I knew they could do it and they were happy and I knew other people that were too. And it just really, I just believed that I could have that too. And that was kind of a turning point for me that I'm going to find out why I am the way that I am and I'm going to work on myself. Yeah. And I, I would have to believe that having parents along there that you could at least look to to see that they had beaten us and 30 years of sobriety for your mom, that's certainly commendable. Um, but now you are on that path and you've been sober for how long? Uh, a little over eight months now. Congratulations. Thank you. And now you're at Iron House, the transitional living. Describe that for those who are listening to us. It is uh, another key step. There are a lot of men who are in the same phase you are, um, yet it's a little more independence as well too, right? Absolutely. Uh, it's very independent, but at the same time, there's accountability there. Um, there a lot of, I mean, everybody there is going through the same thing. Uh, we have meetings that we do together. Um, it's, uh, the camaraderie there is really awesome. And, and for me, especially the accountability is a huge step in my recovery as well. What else do you do? Are you working in the area? Uh, yes, I actually manage a kitchen at a pretty popular restaurant in Grand Rapids. Good for you. That's, and that is a an important thing because every restaurant here throughout Michigan, and for the United States for that matter, has a help wanted sign. So I'm <laughs> sure you're you're certainly experiencing that firsthand as you look back on recovery and you're now eight months sober and I want to congratulate you on that thank you um you look back on that you had a lot of components in this program here at Godding Light do you think there was any one thing you enjoyed the most or were most impacted by as you look back in your time here in recovery I don't think I could narrow it down to one thing it was definitely a lot of things combined um the one-on-one therapy sessions, the group therapy sessions, the spiritual direction, um, the one-on-ones with your life coach. I mean, everything combined together uh, added a little piece to the puzzle, I I feel like. So it kind of completed my recovery and what I needed to do to recover. I love that. You know, Eric, there are people listening to us right now 
maybe like your mom and dad who were wondering if you would ever be sober, ever find the path to sobriety. And it can be very discouraging. It can be discouraging as the addict. What would you say to those parents maybe living what your mom and dad lived until you found cutting light? <laughs> um, Cause they need hope, but at the same time they need to understand, right? Yeah. I, I would say, um, don't give up, um, pray, um, but don't enable at the same time. You know, every, I think every addict's got to come to that point to where enough is enough and they're finally sick and tired of being sick and tired. So uh, you got to kind of just allow God to do a, do a, his thing, <laughs> you know, in their lives. So, um, that, that's kind of what I would say. I mean, love on them as much as you possibly can, but also, um, just don't enable either. Yeah. It's really good wisdom. Have you had a chance to tell your friend what a God thing he was? Absolutely. Uh, I met with him a couple months ago. He came out to visit me. Um, I made some amends with him and, uh, yeah. it was a, it was a very, very awesome thing. Yeah. There's those amends, those kind of, you know, I was a real piece of, you know, what back in the day, um, that's gotta be incredibly rewarding to, to be able yeah. to say those as well too. Absolutely. And actually mean them, you know, because yeah. there was a lot in my addiction too. I said, a, I was sorry to people all the time, but I don't know if I necessarily meant it because I continued to do the things that I was doing. So this time was different. And, uh, his response to me, uh, he said it was all worth it to see how I am now. As you look ahead and you're, you're doing very important work in the food service business, <laughs> I will tell you, uh, for the, all the number of times we've enjoyed, um, takeout, especially, over these last couple of years of the pandemic, it's appreciated. As you look ahead, where where do you want to see yourself in a couple of years, besides still sober, celebrating another year's sobriety? Um, you know, I really haven't looked that ahead that far. I, I'm trying to live one moment at a time. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I want to remain sober, um, you know, but I'm just kind of going with the flow at this point in time. You know, I, I love the stability that I have now. I love the emotional stability that I have now. Um, I would just like to see that continue. And who knows where I could be in a couple of years. Well, I hope you get a chance to encourage others through your story because you're really good at it. Thank you. You're really good at it. And I think the beautiful thing about this podcast is we never know who's listening. We never know who it's going to impact to the point where they get the help they need. So just take that along with you. Probably most importantly, when you look back on this, this didn't cost you a thing. No, that was Does another, it ever kind of just yeah, blow your mind a little absolutely. bit? Absolutely. I mean, when I was, uh, when my friend called here and then he was kind of the liaison between Guiding Light and myself, um, you know, that was a huge thing for me. I, I have four children. I pay child support. It was like, how am I going to do this and all of that? And it was, uh, they said I didn't have to bring a thing. I didn't need anything. And once I got here, I mean, everything was provided. It was, it really is an amazing program. It, it just absolutely is, 100%. Uh, all you got to do is have the willingness to change, and everything else will be provided for you.
Well said. Eric, who is a former recovery client here at Gutting Light, now living in Iron House, you heard his wisdom, you heard his story, and you, as our listener, can continue to make these stories possible, and they are powerful stories. We encourage you to make a donation at Guiding Light. You can do that securely right now at guidinglightworks.org, guidinglightworks.org. Your gifts to Guiding Light provide people like Eric a safe and supportive space to continue their journey and realize their God-given potentials and impact other lives along the way. We encourage you, most importantly, to tell a friend about our podcast, subscribe, uh, review our podcast. Now, Eric especially wants you to give this like a five out of five, right? Oh, at least. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. I've been in other treatment programs before, um, uh, three others, and it was this place is absolutely amazing. Just the the focus that they have upon like it's not just the addiction. It's it focuses on who you are as a person. So it, it's absolutely wonderful. I've really enjoyed hearing your story. Thank you. Thank you. Eric has been with us on this episode of Casting Light. Once again, we encourage you to tell a friend about this podcast, support the ministry here at Guiding Light, and thank you most of all for your time listening. For Casting Light and Guiding Light, I'm Phil Tower.